0: Hi, everyone. Janet McMorty here. Just letting you know that we do have a winner in the charity donations part of my charity fundraiser. I'm going to keep this individual anonymous, but they have won a photo shoot with Farah Aviva at Studio Aviva. So that part of my charity fundraiser has concluded. However, the merchandise store is still open with 100% Of the profits going towards our five charities. This will be ongoing forever and always. I've been promised by my wonderful merchandise partner that we can just keep this going forever and ever and always with 100% of the proceeds going to charity forever and ever and always. So head on over to my merchandise store, www.janetmcmorty.com backslash store. Link is in the show notes below to check out all the wonderful merchandise for sale. Do some good in this garbage, trash heap, flaming turd world that we have, and support some wonderful charities by buying some fun merch. Once again, www.janetmcmorty.com backslash store to get your charity merchandise. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Jacqueline Murphy. Jacqueline was a nurse turned actor, and she was discovered very early on in her nursing career. She had a recurring role in All My Children playing a nurse. She was also the medical consultant on that show as well, too. She has had a phenomenal career, a very illustrious career. The list of people she has worked with is, oh my goodness, incredible. She talks about this in this episode and just an amazing, amazing career that she has had. She's based out of New York City, so she was very involved in the film and television scene there, but also the medical scene as a nurse. She's also now a writer and a director while still pursuing her career in acting, and I cannot wait for you to hear her incredible story. Please enjoy Jacqueline Murphy.
1: Ago, I came out to LA for pilot season and I booked a National Geico Cheerleader Coach commercial with the caveman, the iconic caveman, and NFL star Brian Arakpo. I played a cheerleader coach. And um, it went national. It was so exciting. It ran for a couple of years. And um, we were, you know, on Super Bowl. And I would walk into a bar and all the guys would be watching sports TV. I'm not a big bar person, but uh, people would say, I saw you when I went to the sports bar. You know, my commercial would be running. So it was kind of exciting. And um, my husband said, you know, you did pretty well out there in L.A., Would you want to go back? And I said, well, I don't know, honey. I missed you, you know. And he's like, let's give it a try. And then for, you know, 10 years, we went back and forth until COVID. And now he can work from anywhere. So we're here all the time together. And we're in New York all the time together. And it's just so nice. You know, it's just nice to have someone you love with you. And encouraging you and supporting you.
0: How did how did you get started? How did you get started into this acting business?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I knew I wanted to be an actress ever since I was three, imitating Mae West. Hello, big boy. Um, and then I would go out in the backyard with my sisters and brothers. I had a big family of six. And imitate the sound of music and the song of Bernadette and just reenact these things. Um, But, you know, I came from a a big family, working class family, and my mom wanted me to have a profession to fall back on. So she said, you're great help with helping people. Um, Why don't you try becoming a nurse? So I got my RN degree when I was 19. I got out of school a year ahead and I decided I wanted to be the best at that. And so I went on to get my bachelor's degree. And when I finished college, I moved into New York City, knowing I was going to get go to acting school. And I got a full-time job at New York Hospital Cornell Medical Center on the Upper East Side and from 4 to 12. And got into the American Academy of Dramatic Arts from 9 to 1. When you're 21, you can go 9 to 1 and 4 to 12 and... Um, and, uh, I did that and completed the American Academy and started sending out my pictures and my headshots and my resume and under special skills, Janet, I had that I was a registered nurse and back in the nineties, the soap operas sort of ruled, you know, they were like glamorous and fun. And so I got a call from all my children. Asking me if I would be um, a nurse, you know, an actress at playing a nurse on the show. And I said, sure. And um, so I had a great time and I was helping the directors, you know, you should put the blood pressure cuff on this way. And um, and casting called me up and they said, you know, you are so great downstairs with the director and the actors. Would you make a resume up as a medical consultant as well? So I gave them, you know, all my... Um, History, working on med surge in various different floors, OB gynecology. And sure enough, I got a recurring role as Nurse Thomas on All My Children. And I had scenes with Susan Lucci, and uh, I also was the medical consultant. And then from there, I worked on every single New York soap opera, Loving, Ryan's Hope, As the World Turns, One Life to Live, Another World, And um, eventually, like after a few years, I did extra work on Woody Allen films and Scorsese's Goodfellas and things like that. Um, But then I started Segway. I got a different manager and I got guest starring roles on Lawn Daughter, Uh, the initial Lawn Daughter. uh, I played a nurse opposite Chris Noth and George Zunza. And then I played a mistress lawyer on Law & Order Criminal Intent uh, with Courtney Vance, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Michael Murphy. I was Michael Murphy's mistress, and he was in Woody Allen's movie. He was the unfaithful husband. So it was just like a fun moment, you know. It's like, oh, my God, you know, I'm playing to the mistress to Michael Murphy, who was unfaithful in the Woody Allen movie, you know. Um, So, it, you know, and then I got to really work with some amazing directors like Mike Nichols and Nora Ephron and Woody Allen, as I mentioned, and Scorsese, you know, and watch how they shot things. And um, so fast forward, you know, back in 2017, I came up with this crazy idea here. Um, a film that I wrote, produced, directed, and starred in, I created the idea of this girl, Olivia Spencer, what would she do to achieve her dream? Um, and I named it uh, the Admired because um, she admired these old Hollywood actresses and wanted to be just like them, but she was frustrated with the you know the real world of l a and New York. Um, so she makes a deal with a handsome devil to time travel back to 1940s as a big movie star, and she gets her wish. She sells her soul. It's a Faustian deal, but she's you know in in the limelight. And uh, but then she's hurtled into danger, and all kinds of things happen. So um, I won over 50 awards on the film festival circuit, and I. Didn't expect it. I was, like, thrilled. I mean, I have, I don't know if you can see, I have, like, this is just some of the trophies that I won there. Um, But it was so affirming and um, I uh, acknowledged, you know, for writing and directing and acting. I, I even said to my husband, I won eight Best Actress Awards. And I said, now I could put my head down on the pillow, you know, and and sleep and think I don't have to ever win anything. But of course, you always want to excel and do better. And I even this morning, um, I was invited to the Motion Picture Academy last night uh, where, you know, that's the uh, ampus, which American Academy of Motion Pictures Art and science. They give, you know, the the Oscar out. And I was so inspired, and I got up this morning. It's like, okay, I want to do even better. I have to work. I, I, I took The Admire, the short film, and I wrote a t- TV series for it, which um, I'm hoping to sell. And I morphed the TV series into a movie called Sorceress of Hollywood. So you might ask yourself, Sorceress of Hollywood, why? Um and the reason is I wanted the main character of the admired, Olivia Spencer, to not be a victim. I wanted her to empower herself and others. So during COVID, I got serious about writing classes. I took a binge-worthy class. I got into two Sundance labs. I took, you know, two-year-long writing incredible movies, so I had the goods. But I wanted the main character, Olivia, to, I created, she had a hidden talent, a hidden genetic talent for magic, and she can time travel, and she can empower herself and others, and she goes back and forth between the real world and this old Hollywood dimension, and she tries to make changes for women, uh, LGBTQ, diverse groups, um, and she shares knowledge from the future. Uh, with for filmmaking, with the studio head to help get make him more money, but also to put her in a better position of power, so that she has the ability to make change. Sort of like, you know, when Oprah started out, no one knew who Oprah was. But I remember coming home from school and, you know, watching my mom would be raving about her. Oh, my God, like Oprah this and Oprah is starting a book club and Oprah said these positive things. And then I went and I got her magazine and I started looking at all the amazing, empowering things she did for people. So that was sort of like um, an inspiration, an example for me. And I think the magic comes out of, you know, I feel like we all have hidden talents inside of us and we all have a magic and a brightness. And so that's like a message that I want to get out. Um, But um, my mother always believed in, you know, she was very intuitive. She was an artist and she loved to paint, uh, and But she had gut feelings about things. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I love yoga, I know you're a sports medicine doctor as well, um, you know, it's the mind-body connection. So uh, I started yoga in my 20s before it was the very cool thing to do. And um, I just feel like when you get in touch with that still voice inside yourself, there's just a wealth of information of who you really are and what you're meant to do and what you can do and what your purpose is. Uh, and, you know, I love the artist way by Julia Cameron, you know, it's sort of like accessing that inner child in you and, I've, you know, read some books on staying healthy and aging because having been a nurse, that was always an interest of mine. And um, to access that child and to be blessed with loving what you do and having fun, I mean, my work doesn't really feel like work. <laughs> you know, um, and even when I was a nurse, I really felt like I had healing hands, like I could go in um, and I had an effect on someone. You know, I I think... Um, exuded like a kind, caring nature. And when you're acting, you know, I got cast in so many roles like that. So, uh, you know, it's nice to play roles that you're not that way that surprise people. So it's been an incredible journey, and I feel really blessed. And um, I would like to make a difference in some way and, you know, create um, entertainment that entertains, You know, with COVID, I started going more fantasy magic because I felt people wanted to escape a little more. And I started thinking, well, what am I watching? And I was watching The Magicians, Discovery of Witches, Bridgerton, um, you know, uh, Lupin, which was a great detective mystery um yeah there are just so many shows and and that's why i played with well should i change the title for the admired to sorceress of hollywood because when you're streaming it's sort of like what do i feel like watching tonight something magical something about hollywood well the admired is a you can't pin down what it is other than maybe she admired somebody or they were admired or, you know, so that's a little bit more of a vague but mysterious title. But Sorceress of Hollywood, you know, it just tells you what it is. So actually, Janet, I'm still playing with what should the title be? If you have any thoughts, please tell me. I love the idea of Sorceress. because You're 100% correct,
0: right? Like what you were saying about what do we want to watch we as a global community we want to escape these days but what am i currently watching as well too and that's really interesting what you say about we have such short attention spans not just for you know tv film but also for scrolling through things you want something that captures the attention really quickly and yeah, yeah, the fantasy word, like, that's, I love that. Sor- I love the word sorceress, because it just makes me feel empowered as a woman.
1: Doesn't it? It's sort of like, no, you're not a witch, not, you're not a magician, you're not a psychic, you're not an intuitive, you, it, it, I don't know, it just feels like, like goddess is like within the sorceress, you know? And um, I have to give a shout-out to my lovely, amazing designer, award-winning friend, Sue Wong. Um, She creates beautiful gowns and dresses, and, um, you know, they're embellished. And she gave me 30 gowns for my film because it had that old Hollywood feel to it. But her whole message is transformation, finding the goddess inside of you, and, and actually, I'm going to see her tonight. We're going to a Persian restaurant in Encino. Um, I'm at the beach in Santa Monica here. I love to be by the water. But um, it, it was just funny how we met. I, she gave me a gown to wear uh, the second year I was here uh, to Oscar night. You know, I didn't go to the Oscars itself. I went to the various offshoot par- parties like Night of a 100 Stars, where a lot of actors that you would know were there. Uh, Ernie Hudson, um, Michael um uh, Buzz Aldrin, the famous astronaut, uh, you know, Penny Marshall, Gary Marshall, you know, they bring in stars from all over, but it was just so exciting to be there. And uh, so Sue gave me one of her gowns, and she actually won three costume designer awards for my film. Um, and so that was a beautiful collaboration and amazing friendship, but the fact that she's all about that Hollywood glamour. And if you ever look at some of her postings, she has like beautiful, like noir film, noir type images and the gowns that they wore. And I'm just so intrigued with actresses like Veronica Lake and Rita Hayworth. And, um, so, you know, that's so up my alley, but it's about transformation. So magic is transformation and, I'm glad you like the word sorceress. (laughs) And I love the word
0: transformation because I think it's, it's so like, it's kind of the crux of, you know, why I wanted to do a podcast like this, um, because there's so many people that I chat with, yourself included, who had the stable, stable, I'm doing air quotes, stable career, and then realized that there was something not being fed in their soul, or, you know, their, their their first career, like you were saying, does fuel them, but there's just something missing and can they blend? And my biggest thing that I find, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is a fear when they're when people want to switch into a more artistic career, a fear of lack of stability because you had such stability and now you're kind of being thrust in the, uh, into the unknown, acting, writing, you know, people learning who costume designers are, meeting directors, these are, and this is a whole new world. How did you tackle that?
1: You know, I, I really am so grateful to my grandmother and mom because they taught me, first of all, I felt so loved and never did I ever hear, you can't do that. You know, what I heard was, if you want to do that, you can do it, but set yourself up for the success mm-hmm. and have a job. I mean, get real, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's nice to fantasize about things, um, but if you can't bring it into some concrete reality, and I think one of the most empower- empowering things is to figure out how to take care of yourself, I mean, I did things in my 20s that I'm so grateful for now. I mean, I worked uh, as a nurse and actress on the soaps, and now I have a pension, you know, that I can take when I hit a certain age. And I put money aside. And uh, But my, what I heard over and over was, you know, work and education is important. And my mom was like, always have a job to fall back on. And she, you know, was an artist, and she suffered, you know, because she had like the five kids. And my brother—I have a brother. My parents divorced when I was very young, um, but she wanted so much more. I mean, she could play the piano by ear, I, and she had her the accordion, and she could paint. Um, and she wanted her children to have that, but she wanted to show them, like. Don't, you know, I don't want you to, to go through the, through the pain that I have. So even in one of my scripts, when I'm writing Sorceress in Hollywood, when, um, the, one of the opening scenes is when the mom is dying and they're watching old movies together, which my mom and I really did. And, um... She said she wants you to go for all your dreams um, and not be like her and to be empowered. So that's kind of like I receive that and I want to share that with other people. So to me, you know, you, uh, like I doubled down during COVID for three years and so learned as much as I could about writing. I'm learning every single day. I got a new book uh, just yesterday. Uh, let me just get it. Uh it's called The Anatomy of Genres, and it was written by John Truby. And what is so cool about this, I was trying to inspire myself to write, you know, to get my structure right for Sorceress of Hollywood, uh, but he, be- he a, believes in a lot of different genres, but I know Sorceress of Hollywood is a mixture of myth and fantasy. So he just breaks it down, but not to, so yeah, so how your question is people who are afraid, I mean, you have to go for it, you know, or you, or you'll never know, you know, try to figure out on a piece of paper, even the pros and cons, like, you know, what I can do to make it happen. What's standing in the way and try to find the bridge, uh, you know, to, to do it. And, um, I mean, I feel like there was like a special safety net for me, you know, when I was on the soap opera and they asked me to consult, it's like, oh my God, And I thought there was a blessing that I even was able to dovetail all, use all of who you are to get to where you want to go. That's my advice. You know, who would have thought that my nursing experience would have opened a door on a soap opera? It just... Under special skills, you know, and then I stare at this thing daily i don 't know where it went um, well, it's around oh, what would you attempt to do if you uh knew you what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? Hmm. I have to remind myself about that sometimes, but you know time just passes, and it's just so gratifying when You give to yourself, because if you don't give to yourself first, no one else is going to know or realize if you don't put your voice out there. I wish I had a magic wand, you know, uh, to help people be who they can be. But it's like a part of a learning curve. And uh, you learn by your mistakes, too, you know. Just have to try it.
0: Yeah, I think that's so powerful. And do you have any advice for anyone who, because I know in this industry, it can be because of the lack of stability, and because of the ups and downs, and the constant kind of rejection, not kind of rejection, for certain rejection, do you have any advice for when those times happen? And you need to kind of push through and remind yourself to keep doing what you love to do, even if you are failing in the eyes of society.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I walk at the beach, you know, I get centered. Um, I do things like the other day, I was stuck with my structure on the sorceress and I read the fantasy chapter because I listened to him online in a writing group um and it kind of helped me get in a different zone you know um somehow and julia cameron in the artist way says the same thing take yourself on a date (laughs) ask your inner self and that little kid in you what's going to excite you what's going to inspire you and of course like i'm a huge believer in you know exercise sleep um you know to get your energy in the right place eating well Um, You know, I I don't raid the refrigerator. I, you know, I love food from Erewhon and my greens and decrease my sugar, anti-inflammatory. You know, really, it's like your brain. Get your brain and your heart and your body in the right place. Um, You know, I did yoga this morning before I checked in with you, uh, Rodney Yee. I have his CD. He has an AM yoga program that I love. Um, but i could I could do yoga wherever I am. Um, so you know, when you're feeling sad, if you need a bath, take a bath. If you need a massage, a manicure, a walk on the beach, a run to blow off some steam. and you know I even you write in a journal. like I haven't written in a journal in a while, but today I did because um you know, I spoke with someone about uh selling the admired. You know, I've been asked to be on several platforms and do I want to keep it exclusive? Do I want to get it out there? You know, and you have like all these decisions to make uh, and sometimes when you write it down, get in touch with who you are, journaling is a really great thing, you can figure it out a little bit. And no, you don't have, my husband taught me this, you don't have to decide anything in the moment. If you're not sure, just say, let me think about it. So the pressure, try to like, take the pressure off and remember why you wanted to do it in the first place and find the joy of it, you know, and not every day is roses, (laughs) you know, and, and sometimes you just find yourself like in a, um, I try to put myself in a creative place. Like I'll listen to concentration music, focus music, happy music. Um, another writing teacher that I worked with, you know, does your, uh, film have a theme song, like uh, I was doing a film, um, writing a film on the opioid crisis based on a personal story when I was a nurse at New York Hospital in the 90s. And it sort of was sort of it, uh, the music was is more like upbeat, you know, like a Madonna song or a Bruce Springsteen song. And so if you listen to a song like that, that gets you in the head to work on your creative venture, whether it be writing, acting, directing, um, and then surround yourself with people. I mean, um, I... You know, when I I go out to the events in L.A., what's amazing here in New York, they have it, but not as much. But in L.A., there are movie screenings every single night. There are um, acting groups. You know, the table, which is a group that when I had to do reshoots for my film, uh, I needed another sound man. Um, I needed, you know, some lighting people. Uh, I found my editor there. Uh, you know, it, it's like think about your resources. Just like write mm. down what your resources are, what your strengths are. You know, what groups you could join, how you can network. How I love Janet that you're out in um, social media in such a way that um, you're on YouTube and uh, Apple, iHeart Apple, and your podcast. And you know, we're in the age of social media which is what the admired is contrast, like the what what we have today, social media, plastic surgery versus back in the 40s where, you know, Judy Garland was put on a chicken soup diet because the studio was Ugh. so stringent and, you know, Veronica Lake's voice was dubbed in movies because they thought other people were better singers and they people were dictated to, we have a lot of freedom today. But we're also more exposed today. I mean, mm-hmm. things could be hushed up in ho- old Hollywood, but not today. You know, Harvey Weinstein is taking a beating. So mm-hmm. um, I know, you know, so there are a lot of resources is what I'm saying. So if you just brainstorm, trust yourself to brainstorm your resources, because you never know who you're going to meet. Um I went to the American Film Market in November, and um, I also do some reporting, and I write articles. Uh, and my writing teacher said, you know, that's a great opportunity, and I wasn't aware of it. I, I study with Hal Crosom at Screenwriting U and his wife, Cheryl, and they are fabulous and so hands-on. And I said, gee, I'm sorry, I missed a couple of classes. He said, well, you know, what you're doing is very valuable. You actually have your writing uh, on a site on Entertainment Today and Sports. And I've written different articles about different things. I uh, met an amazing director, Thor Marino. He did a movie uh, with Lindsay Wagner. I don't know if you remember who she is, The Bionic Woman. Yes. She uh, got an Emmy for that. And she was in a wonderful movie of Thor Marino's called When Jack Comes Back, and it's about Alzheimer's. And I did an article and we got great comments on it. And then he asked me to be in his next movie. So he said he was looking for strong women. So you never know where the opportunity and Hal said, you know, Well gee, we have Screenwriting New Magazine. Maybe you want to do an article there. So don't like I thought, okay, I'm just doing screenwriting. Yes, I'm writing a little article, you know, doing journalistic things and I also host on the red carpet and I interview people on the red carpet, but I meet you know, major actors, directors, writer, producers. So when I'm not acting and I'm not writing, I have another outlet. So Mm -hmm. be like flexible, be open. Um, Sometimes just show up. You know, I had a mentor uh, who I was taking a class with and I was living in New York and I worked late at the hospital, four to 12. And I had a nine o'clock, you know, class and I was late. Uh, And I couldn't get a cab. Finally, I did. Uh, And I got there 10 minutes late. And he said to me, it's great that you came. Because even if you're running late, always show up. And Woody Allen said the same thing. 90% of success is just showing up. So show up for yourself. Show up. Even if you're running late. Um, try not to be. And these days, with my alarm, I, <laughs> I know I had you today at ten o'clock, and I put nine thirty. You know, and then I'm setting up my my, my lights in my room. You know, uh, so and MapQuest makes it so easy to be late. And then another thing that I like is. Um, I was watching some movie. I don't know what it was, but the guy says, if you arrive on time, you're late. If you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. Yeah. You know, So I couldn't go by that credo. My husband is like one of the most timely, amazing people I've ever met. And um, so MapQuest, believe it or not, and alarms, do help me. You know, And just set the time to write, to act. Mm. No, on Tuesdays, you're going to take an acting class. Or if you're afraid, go listen to a YouTube video or go listen to your podcast to see how people got from A to B, you know, because it's not always the way you would assume. It's never if I do this, this and this, that's going to happen. You know, Uh, it's usually all these other spontaneous gifts that appear.
0: Do you find... From a career, like a a career in nursing, in healthcare is very giving, you know, and I feel this as well, too, with my career in healthcare, you're giving to others, you're serving others, and taking care of others. And a big thing for me that I know I felt a bit of guilt about was when I started doing more acting, and it felt more self-serving. And I kind of felt selfish because it was kind of for me, for me. Have you ever felt that way coming from a career in nursing where I know, again, like we're always told in healthcare, you need to take care of yourself so you can care for others. But I think it's, for me, it was a weird shift to now be focusing on caring for myself
1: yeah, I I did go through that. And also there were certain habits. If I think that if as a healthcare professional, my go-to instinct is how can I fix that? How can I take mm-hmm. care of that? And sometimes the best gift you can give someone, like I see this with my nieces and nephews or my, you know, it's just let them figure it out, you know? Uh my father, my stepfather was amazing, but he was tough. I went from Long Island all the way to Plattsburgh, New York. It was an eight and a half hour drive and he had to get back to work. So we took his little pickup truck and I followed in my little red Vega, which cost $2,000 back in 19, you know, eighty nine when I was in college or whenever it was. Um, and I drove, he showed me how to get up there. He dropped me off in a motel for $10 and the next day I had this big red trunk, you know, and I had to figure out how to find the, well, I kind of knew where the college was. It was close by. I had to find the college, figure out how the hell to get my trunk into my room and um, do it on my own. And I was watching kids with their parents, coddling them and, you know, and that's great too. But for me, like when I came out to L.A., my husband was in New York. I found the apartment. I rented the furniture. I set it up. The survival skills of figuring out how do I do it, you, you know, don't take that away from anybody that you know a love. You can suggest things. Um, but, oh, okay, so that's one. that. You know, I learned that early on how to figure it out, which is like really important. But the shift from helping and fixing and then sometimes, I mean, I really had this happen. I told a friend of mine I was working on one of the soap operas and she went and she took my job thinking I was helping her. And I had to learn not to hold someone's picture or headshot up. So that was really hard for me because being the eldest of six, I'm always like, oh, there's one there. <laughs> you know, those biscuits, those crescent biscuits that you pop and you put in the oven, the Pillsbury. So, you know, <laughs> well, this is funny. There were 10 of them to a pack, and there were five kids. So sometimes my mother would be so exhausted from her job, she would work as a nurse, uh, a nurse's aide at night in a nursing home. I would make breakfast for everybody. So an easy breakfast was Pillsbury, pop-up rolls, and I would give five kids. We each got two, right? So... Um, you have to get to know yourself and see things that you do that can be great. Like when I was directing on my film and collaborating with people, you know, I'm used to big groups. I'm, I people tell me I should be in PR or an agent, uh, you know, because I make things happen, uh, and it was a great skill when I was doing my film, um, you know, pulling everybody together and having everybody enjoy the experience and you know get along. Um, but sometimes you, when you're acting and you're getting into character or you're writing, certain things are definitely solitary. Certain Mm -hmm. things are for you. And, um, the more you can, you know, find the balance and know how to distinguish it and plug in and plug out, the better you are. Um, it's really an art, you know, it, it takes, it takes time, it takes experience, it takes situations, um. And you have to realize, you know, who you're working with and do your best to be diplomatic and handle things. So, um, yeah, it took me a couple years and I still make mistakes. You know, I still sometimes want to do more than I need to or, uh, but I try not to have any regrets. You know, um, I just try to live in the day, live in the moment.
0: Because you mentioned about your yoga and mind-body connection. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on that, because it's something that I know when I went from a more artistic high school into a more science, you know, university job and stuff like that, I definitely lost a lot of the connection I had with my body. And now in acting and some of the improv I do, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I feel, I don't feel connected physically, but I also am kind of, it's almost like you You feel things and you're, I feel like I'm confused because I'm like, what am I feeling? What emotion am I bringing up? How my body is sensing that? Do you have, like, what are your thoughts on that and how, since you've been training, doing yoga and healthy living and stuff like that for so long, how have you found that
1: bringing it into your creative career? The first thing you need to do and it's so basic because we all do it every day is breathe Hmm. you know there's a great program on uh disney plus that chris hemsworth stars in and it's about aging and he gets that mind-body connection going you know breathing Um, and nourishing yourself and putting himself in dangerous situations so the mind becomes able to figure out how to deal with it better and not get that cortisol going and um, you know like when we're in auditions and things I mean it happened to me at the American film market I saw an opportunity for me to pitch The Admired um, and I got up and asked a question Uh, And I knew that after I could go to that person and say, this is, can I send it to you? And out of the blue, my heart is going like a mile a minute. And I could feel myself like even maybe sweating. And I thought, breathe, just breathe. And it lasted longer than what I thought it was going to last. It lasted like 10 minutes, this like palpitation, the nerves, you know, because I felt it was a big opportunity. And um, I finally calmed down and the panel was over. And then I went over to the person who was talking and I gave him my quick one-minute elevator pitch. And he said, my partner is over there, go talk to him. And he said, okay, here's my email, send me your film. And I sent it. And so a week later, I get an email we really love the short concept of your film. Do you have a feature or is it just a short and a TV pilot? And I was like, oh my God, you know, it's, that's the step. You, I'm not going to see yet, but you know, now I've got to really like do this tweaking of the sorceress of Hollywood to circle back to him. So, I mean, it's, it's so normal. We're all going to react like, you know, people beat their horns and people, f- the thing is, How are you going to try not to react, maybe, you know, to breathe? Um, And yesterday I was talking to someone, somebody somewhat important um, regarding my film. And I got off the husband and I said to I got off the phone. I said to my husband, I feel such like a small fry because this person could take it out to Apple, could take out my Mm -hmm. film to Netflix And, but I don't want to give my draft yet until I think it's as good as possible. But what I learned from my writing teacher, Hal, is he did an exercise. I was having trouble with the structure of my film. He said, five minutes, everybody write down your beats from big act one to the end. And, you know, Janet, I went back, I looked at my beats, and that was the outline and the structure for my whole story, and I got out of my head. So he actually does these empowering exercises where you can go from fearing something. I know it may sound funny if you look up Hal Crossman, but there are plenty of these mind-body connection things. In your left hand, you put, I love creating, you know, I love finding... Um, amazing structures for my film. You know, in your left hand, in your right hand, I love creating amazing structures for my film and go back and forth until it feels real. Breathe it in, you know. And I swear to God, it really affects my mindset. When you can visualize it and breathe. So, okay, so you're doing... I took Groundlings. I did improv also. And... You know, that wasn't first in my wheelhouse. But in L.A., it's really important. They really look for your grounding improv experience, you know, or comedy experience. And um, so, you know, you have to learn to breathe and and talk, you know, feel like you can be relaxed and enjoy it. And just, you know, the trick of improv is always to say yes. So if I say Mm -hmm. Janet... um, are you going, can you give me that rope over there, you know, and oh sure, and you just have to go with it, but I just find in life the more you could say yes" rather than no, I mean certain things you have to say no to, if they're harmful or whatever, but um things will open up. You say yes to yourself, mm-hmm. say yes, I can relax, yes, I'm going to breathe, um, and there are a lot of things on the mind body connection, and if you do it long enough. You know, you'll start to internalize it. So, in a situation like I that I was in, I was surprised. Like, wow, this must be very important to me. You know, to talk. Now it's like a reality. This guy, I'm going to go over them, and I have to ask them to, you know, look at my film, and then I had to produce the goods. You know, so. And I often think one of my dreams is always to be on a TV series or go to network, and I've never gotten that far yet. But from what I've heard, there are like 20 producers in the room, you know, and plenty of people. I think the closest I came to that was auditioning for Law & Daughter. It was after I did the first, the, the, criminal, the Law & Daughter original. And I walked in and I didn't expect it. This was, And there were like 12 people in the room. And I thought it was just going to be the casting director, maybe the reader, maybe a director. But there are like 8, 12 people. And I don't know who's who. And not only that, I had to talk to different people on camera. So I, this person and this person, and it, I was thrown. Obviously I didn't get that audition, but then I went back for the next one and I thought, you know, like studying is really important knowing when you're, you know, where your camera, if you have two people, you know, you've got to go right and left. There's so many little things to learn, but, um, figure out where you went wrong and then try to make it right. So the next time I went in, um, I dressed exactly right. I did my line. casting said, uh, can you come back 9 a.m. in the morning? I said, sure. I came back 9 in the morning. The director was there. I left and I got a call like an hour later. They want you for the role of Emily Trudeau as the mistress to Michael Murphy. Okay, great. Doesn't always happen like that. But... The more you can do to prepare yourself to breathe, to, you know, know that you've set yourself up for success, the better, you know. So um, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. Do you
0: have anything you are looking forward to coming up?
1: Yes. Um, I mentioned to you earlier, I'm going to Australia. I'm going down under with uh, my husband uh, for three weeks and we haven't traveled in three years since COVID and every year I like to go on an adventure, even Buddha said every year, you know, try to go on an adventure and a a trip and be out in the world someplace to see something different Um, I know on my bucket list was uh, going to China and going to the Great Wall and I did that in 2018 and going to Xi'an and seeing the, um, so they have clay soldiers that were made that goes on for like 10 football fields. You can't believe that this society created it in China. And going down the Yangtze River, but this trip to Australia, being it's been three, that was 2018. So I haven't done anything since then, really. Uh, I was very careful in COVID. I never got COVID. I just got my fourth shot so I could prepare, you know. But <clears throat> on my bucket list was being in Sydney on New Year's Eve. Uh, Sydney's the first place to start the New Year off. And they have fireworks under the bridge and by the Opera House in Sydney. So I am going to be there. And my husband's birthday is the night before. So <clears throat> we're going to have a great celebration. And... um From there, uh, go to the Great Barrier Reef. It's like one of the seven wonders of the world.
0: Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice?
1: Don't wait. Just do it. Just go for your dream. You know, uh, believe in yourself and know that you have so much hidden talent inside of you and if you're driven or to desire to do something there's a reason why you're drawn to that and you know get to the beach every day be in nature every day um and then start little you know like if you think you can't uh you want to be an actress or write, go on YouTube for five minutes, just five minutes and listen to it and see how you feel with that. Um Just go for your dream and, and build it and they will come. You know, I I really uh, want to encourage everybody to be all you can be and empower people. So, we're, so I was a nurse lovely. and I helped people get better. I still, I guess, really want to, help people be better or be all they can be you know it's uh to come to a place of health and vibrance and transformation I mean that and where there's joy you know and my yoga teacher used to say catch the peace so it's not always go 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 sometimes it's just ah, just catch the peace Thank
0: you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you, Jacqueline, for sharing your story with us this week. You are absolutely incredible. I love meeting a fellow healthcare professional turned actress, actor. Uh, Thank you again. I know you have a very, very busy, wonderful life, and I appreciate you taking the time to share your story with me and everyone who's listening. I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Waduer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you are someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancy's, judgy McJudgerson's, or Debbie Downer's, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye!